go. Huge praise. Huge praise for the previous week revealed premise that we started where I don't know what the hell happened. In fact, this time I really don't know. I, I swear I don't know what happened. I know that you might be pointing to some retweeting that's been going on on my Twitter account. I don't have any knowledge of that. I don't know who was hitting the retweet and why they were retweeting certain correct takes from the past. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea how I could have known at this point, before we crack open these games for the first time, that I was so right about so many things. Mostly truthers, too. Not only the trade targets, but the truthering. Oh, the truther candidates. I have a feeling. I just have a feeling. It's not any knowledge I have of what happened because I don't know. I was traveling. I was on an airplane and then we got home and we, we've been binging with the family, binge watching Modern Family with the family. So I have no idea. And then I, I fell asleep on the couch and then and I woke up today and I had to do a bunch of, 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 of chores. I had to fill the bird feeders. Right, there was no way I could have known what happened. I did, I wasn't. I was disciplined at many points. I was like, I should check my phone. I want to see how my fantasy teams are doing. I want to see the box scores. I want to see how these teams are doing. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do a goddamn thing. I just uh, plowed ahead, not looking at these games. So we're gonna crack open the box scores for the first time. I have my phone here. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take a look. We're gonna see what's going on with these with these uh, these week seven performances. I'm 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 I I, I I'm I'm titillated. Right, I'm so excited. I love this. We're doing this, right? We're doing this. Not only were members of this audience excited about this new show premise, just huge praise, just clapping emojis. Also, Cody Carpentier said. I love the new show device where you don't know what the hell happened and you're learning it all for the first time live on air with us in real time. You're learning what happened. I love that. I love there's very popular YouTube shows where you know music aficionados will listen to a particular song for the first time. They've never heard Bohemian Rhapsody and then they hear it and they're like, holy shit, this is incredible. It's like, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Classic rock. It was there was there was a golden age at one point. Off we go. First game I'm seeing here. Falcons Dolphins. Ooh, Falcons Dolphins. Falcons got the W. They're three and three. Suddenly the Falcons are three and three. How the hell did this happen? How the hell the Fal well, because the schedule. They've had an easy schedule. I'm looking here. Oh yes. Because a lot of questions. We told you go get Kyle Pitts, trade for him aggressively. It's gonna happen for Kyle Pitts. And we were one of those few services where Josh Larkey did a whole show on this, advocating, hey, you actually can go out and target Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson's happening this year, and there's no reason to think he's just going to go away, that at some point in the season they're going to say, ah, never mind Cordero Patterson. We're all about Mike Davis here in Atlanta. If anything, it would be the opposite. They would go ahead and give Cordero Patterson yet more touches as he continues to be more efficient. That was the argument, and I know a couple weeks ago that that was counterintuitive, that most of the fantasy services were saying there's no way Cordero Patterson can score three touchdowns a game. Yeah, no shit. No shit, he can't keep it up, right? There's no, 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 no kidding, 
right? Sell high on Cordell Patterson. There's so much sell high content. We said no. We said no. If anything, buy high. Buy high. Don't buy crazy high. Buy at a reasonable price high. Buy in Dynasty because in Dynasty, he's over 30 years old. He's not expensive at all. If you're in a win-now mode in Dynasty, go get Cordell Patterson. So I, I can already see before even looking at the box score, I saw the, the leaders, and I saw Patterson, and I saw Pitts. So already I'm excited. Already my nipples are just a little, woo, right? <laughs> and then we see, oh, yes! Yeah! 14 to 4. Oh, Patterson out carried Davis 14 to 4. I also don't have the injury news. So here was the problem. I really don't want to embarrass myself with total ignorance of injuries and victory lap on injuries. I don't want to be in that position. I don't want to have that on the internet forever, me looking like a fool, victory lapping on an injury. So what I said to Cody was, hey, listen, tell me about the key injuries that I need to know about. So I don't think that, oh, player X was just benched. That No, no, he actually got hurt. It wasn't his fault. He was playing fine. I need to know that, right? Because I don't, uh, this blink and open your eyes and here's the outcome moment i can't process all of that in a blink of an eye right there's no way right so the reflex response needs to be also informed by okay player x player y player z did experience injuries left the game didn't come back so that i do know that cody told me and i he didn't tell me anything about a mike davis injury so if i don't know about some Mike Davis injury, and it did happen. It's not my fault. I'm not going to apologize. Cody needs to apologize. It's Cody's fault. He didn't tell me. Okay? So I do know about some of these injuries. That's all I know, though. He didn't tell me anything else. I said, don't tell me anything about the performances or the usage. I got to learn all about, you know, we have these advanced box scores uh, internally at Player Profile. They're going to be made available to you all in the years ahead as we create systems. But in the meantime, I have some interesting usage data in front of me as well. And I'm looking at Kyle Pitts, seven for eight. So incredible catch rate, 163 yards. So we're talking about more than 20 yards per target for Kyle Pitts. And, and he's an alpha. And I'm looking for Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, Calvin, oh God. Wow, Calvin Ridley is having a problem. And we talked about this. So there's a video that I did about Calvin Ridley and why he's struggling in the absence of Julio Jones because he's not a proper alpha. He never has been. He's 6'1", 190 pounds. Those guys thrive in slot flanker roles, always and forever. And what is he good at? He's good at creating separation on short intermediate routes. That's, that's, that, see, that's what he's good at. And that's why we've never been overly bullish on Calvin Ridley in Dynasty, because over time, teams want an established alpha on the outside. And what it looks and it appears, based on what I'm seeing, almost all of Kyle Pitt's routes were split out wide. He had very few, precious few, inline snaps in Week 7. They're, they're just more and more every week having him run routes on the outside, line up at receiver. Week after week after week. He's skewing more towards a receiver than he is a tight end. And as it turns out, that's just what he is. They're just playing him as a, as a wide receiver, and that's what teams should be doing. When you draft a tight end early, because it's such a complicated position to learn and there's so much at stake where you're blocking edge rushers as well, it takes a long time for tight ends 
to acclimate to the NFL, to learn the position, and play it at a high level, both as a blocker and as a receiver. So the answer isn't don't play your young tight ends. No, the Steelers are learning this with Fryermuth. Play them, but play them in a receiver role, right? Play Fryermuth in the slot, replacing Juju Smith-Schuster. That's why the loss of Juju Smith-Schuster created an opportunity for Fryermuth, both raw target conservation, right? More targets are opening up, law of the conservation of targets, but also the role opened up the slot role. Whereas if Chase Claypool is out, it's not as powerful. It's not as as one for one, just slot in Pat Fryermuth to the outside. That's going to be better for James Washington. But Juju goes down, it's better for Fryermuth. And Pitts is operating almost exclusively as a wide receiver. Gage was a lot more productive than Calvin Ridley. Wow. I mean, Ridley had the bailout touchdown. Uh, 2.6 yards per target. Gross. He's a fake alpha. He's a fake alpha. We've only been saying this for how many years? How many years? Like, oh, but he gets all the targets when uh, Julio's out. Yeah, I know. But he's not efficient doing that. Right? He's not. That's not him. Right? He's not DK Metcalf. He's not even DJ Moore. We said, hey, DJ Moore is a better player. DJ Moore was always the better draft pick. Should have DJ Moore ranked higher in Dynasty, always and forever, not just because he's younger, but because he can actually be the focal point of the offense in a way that Calvin Ridley cannot, he cannot do it. He's not good at it. Now, there could be some off-the-field emotional difficulties that Calvin Ridley is dealing with, which is why he already missed a game for personal reasons, so he could just be playing bad because his head is not in the right place. This could be more than just football. So I don't want to just say, oh, he's a fake alpha. That's why he went four for 10 for 26 yards. It's part of it. It's part of the story. It's part of the story why we've never been as bullish on Cal. And this, this, this is starting. This is great. This game was the perfect game to start off the top 10 takeaways, big reveal show premise because this is hugely validating for us. Years I've been tilting at this windmill saying, hey, Calvin Ridley's not a proper alpha. I don't, you don't want to listen to me. You don't want to listen to me, fine. Like, oh, in the second round of fantasy drafts, I'd rather have Diggs. Not sorry about it. You know, we're not going to push up Ridley in the first round like some people wanted to do. No, 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 no. 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 Show us. Show us. Show us, Calvin. Show us that you're, you're Jerry Rice. You're, you're that level of outlier at 6'1", 190. You're a once-every-20-years slot flanker that can elevate himself to being a, a true alpha in every way. Show us that you're Antonio Brown, all right? Every 10 years, I guess. Maybe every 10 years, not 20 years. It's Jerry Rice, and then it's Antonio Brown, and then, oh, maybe the next, the heir to this aberrant profile, the svelte outside route-running technician, separator specialist, becomes a proper alpha. Didn't happen, right? Didn't happen for Calvin Ridley, and that's what we're doing. We're just playing the probabilities. We're probably not going to happen. I mean, maybe, maybe you think he's like they're such an exquisite route runner that he can overcome it all, right? Probably not. Probably not. We're talking every 10 years. Probably not. I'll take the other side of that bet. If you're betting on once every 10-year outlier wide receiver, I'll just take the other side every time. Gasecki! Oh my god, 85 and a touch. Gasecki. He was skyrocketing up the dynasty rankings. This is what happens, right? No Devontae Parker. What do they decide to do? 
they start playing Gusecki more as a wide receiver. You know, Julio Jones, they start to play Pitts more as a wide receiver, and then they started that even with the loss of Russell Gage accelerated this process. The loss of Will Fuller and Devontae Parker accelerating the process in Miami, Mike Gusecki becoming a de facto wide receiver. You love it. You love to see it. And this is how target conservation and role conservation can help predict outcomes for fantasy football. Who's going to get the targets? Who's going to be the receiving leader on a particular team in a particular week? Well, Kaseki was a great candidate. Pitt's a great candidate for those reasons. Gaskin back to being the primary running back. 15 carries, Ahmed 7. So he more than doubled Ahmed's carry total, and yet Ahmed was the more efficient receiver. We don't know. Like We don't know what's going to happen week in, week out. You can't start either of these guys with any confidence, but Ahmed would be the guy to stash. Clearly, Ahmed has seized that number two role. He has surpassed Malcolm Brown on the depth chart. That's interesting. In deeper leagues, you want to stash Ahmed. I'm going to go to the Scott Fishbowl. I'm going to see if Ahmed is available. So that's an interesting stash candidate. He's rising up the stash rankings, right? Next game. The Gi- the Giants won 25-3? Fuck, what? PJ. Oh, wait a second. Cody didn't mention that Sam Darnold got hurt. This means Sam Darnold got benched. 25-3 blowout? Sam Darnold sucks. He stinks. He stinks. One of the most fun I had all offseason was riding my bike, talking about how much Sam Darnold stinks. I was going downhill. Sam Darnold stinks! And then all the buzzers. Oh, what are you going to say about Sam Darnold now? He's rushing for multiple touchdowns. And then we came back. We doubled down. We said, well, he's a sell-high candidate. You want to sell the rushing touchdowns. And then what happened? He showed you why he's a sell-high candidate. These screaming sell-high in Superflex and 2QB. I got rid of all my Sam Darnold in Superflex and 2QB. I traded... Darnold twice. In one deal, I got Claypool plus something else. In another deal, I got a first rounder and Gainwell, Brian Edwards. There was more players involved, but wow, right? Wow. Who would you rather have at this point? Would you rather have Sam Darnold or Claypool? Would you rather have Sam Darnold or Gainwell, Edwards, and a 2022 first rounder? I think I might have traded him three times. I've actually had more Darnold than I thought. And if you were trading Darnold, you definitely, absolutely wanted a first-round pick. It's just that in this this patron league that I'm in, we don't allow the trading of first-round picks next year. So, we got Chase Claypool instead. We'll see how Chase Claypool does next week. Steelers are on a bye, so we don't know. But I, I'm happy. I'm very happy to have punted away on Sam Darnold. Just decide. Just punt. Just Hunt, just get him out of there. Ideally, you get a first-round pick out of him in Superflex and 2QB because in Superflex and 2QB, because there's going to be a number of quarterbacks drafted in the first round in 2022, that first-rounder is going to be a star player or a first-round quarterback, either a top prospect or a first-round quarterback. That's the beauty of getting a first-rounder in 2QB and Superflex versus other formats where if it's single quarterback, really you want a top six pick, right? Top eight. You don't want the 9, 10, 11, 12th pick. 
in one quarterback, there's a significant step down to that particular pick. Oh, but yes, 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 Sam Darnold's terrible. Obviously, we've only had his entire career to go on and that he wasn't that good at USC. He was overrated at USC, had a relatively low QBR at USC, even even for a young quarterback, and especially for a top-five draft pick, he did not look the part of a top-five draft pick in any way, shape, or metric at USC. So he was overdrafted, and then the Jets just said, we'll take what we can get. Second-rounder, done. And Carolina, suckers, the suckers in Carolina fell for it. They gave up the second-round pick, and then by acquiring Sam Darnold, they then didn't draft Mac Jones or Justin Fields in the top 10 when they had the opportunity. Oh, you fucked up. Now you're losing 25-3? Matt Rule. Oh, man, you can't be feeling good about yourself right now, can you? Oh, you backed the wrong horse, buddy. Oh, and now J.C. Horn's out with an elbow injury indefinitely. Not that that was good process anyway, regardless of the injury. You don't take a cornerback, a perimeter player, over a franchise quarterback, especially if all you have is P.J. Walker coming back, and you're forced to trade for Sam Like It didn't make any sense. So not only, not only do they not draft Justin Fields or Mac Jones because Sam Darnold displaced them, they also lost the second-round pick they gave up for Darnold. Now they're wishing they had the second-round pick back. This is incredible. This is this is something else. And I've been waiting for the P.J. Walker era. I have a lot of P.J. Walker in 2QB and Superflex stashed. We've been advocating stashing him on the Waiver Wired show, in my fab guidance post that I do on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash podfather. There we also have the Dynasty Leagues. You can join a Dynasty League as well. And compete against me, trade against me. Maybe you can go out and acquire Sam Darnold from me. <laughs> so great. Just remember, PJ Walker was the best player in the XFL not long ago. The season was canceled due to COVID because it was early in that 2020 season. He was 5 0. He was leading the XFL in passing yards and passing touchdowns. He would have been the MVP had the season not been canceled. And if you go back, P.J. Walker played with Matt Rule at Temple. Well, Matt Rule wasn't playing, just like Adam Gaze wasn't playing in New York, right? That's the problem. Coaches don't play. And you can't just say, oh, well, it was Adam Gaze's fault that Sam Darnold looks so bad in New York. He's actually good. No, no, no. The coach doesn't have that much power to make players look great or look bad. The coach-centric analysis is how we got here with Sam Darnold. So many of you traded for him. So many of you were picking him up and playing him, right? Play him against the Giants this week. That was just misguided. Such a sucker play. And the problem now is because P.J. Walker played under Matt Rule at Temple, it's probably going to be the P.J. Walker show. But also remember, if I'm looking at this box score correctly, I'm seeing Keith Kirkwood also played with P.J. Walker at Temple, as did Robbie Anderson. So this is just Temple South. We're just going to take a bunch of Temple players and create a professional football team with former Temple Owls. 
That's the plan in Carolina? That's your plan? <laughs> we're just going to reprise the Temple Owls. Really? Here we go. We're going to run it back, guys. 2017 Temple. Let's go. Let's go. What are you doing? What are you doing, Carolina? What are you doing passing on Justin Fields and Mac Jones? What are you doing trading for Sam Darnold? Fuck are you doing? But now watch. Watch. Watch, watch, watch. Watch the shower narrative unfold. This is it. I mean, this is the ultimate shower narrative. This is three guys in the same shower where you have P.J. Walker, Robbie Anderson, and Keith Kirkwood all from Temple all in the same shower together. Who's on the outside looking in? Who's not in the shower? DJ Moore. DJ Moore is not showering with these guys. And likely fewer targets because of it. So he's going to get fewer targets. And DJ... Uh, this is bad for DJ. It is. 3 for 14 on his pass attempts for PJ Walker. Yikes. He was very bad. But I don't think they're going to go back to Darnold. I think they're going to try to see what they have with PJ Walker. We're, we're, they're, they're going to have to. Because Sam Darnold's truly awful. And P.J. Walker can make things happen. When your team isn't good and your offense is struggling, you just need to have some mobility back there. Someone that can make a play. Get a first down somehow, some way with his running, passing. Walker has the moxie, right? Mo Walker has the grit. Sam Darnold has no fucking grit whatsoever. Grit factor zero. Walker, gritty, gutty, guile. Hope they stick with him. I think they will. That's my guess. They stick with Walker. Temple connection. And that makes Robbie Anderson a buy low. But Robbie Anderson, 3 for 14. He's going to be dropped. I'm going to pick him up. I'm going to chase those nine targets. Robbie Anderson's going to be dropped. Go get him. Very deep leagues. Pick up Kirkwood. And in seasonal leagues, this is bad news for DJ Moore. This is very bad. I don't like this at all. Woof. This, this is... You can't trade him, though, because everybody knows that now Carolina is in quarterback flux. They've always been in quarterback purgatory. It's just that the coach worshipers, they're just rationalizing away his struggles in New York, just putting it solely on Adam Gaze. See, they want, see the coach-centric analysis once again leads fantasy gamers to the wrong conclusion. Happens time and time and time again. This is amazing. Two games in, and I, I couldn't ask for better outcome. This is incredible. Oh, my God. We've got three guys in one shower. What's better than that? <laughs> what happened in New York? Oh, Daniel Jones. Not, not, not as good as we thought. See, we were expecting a little more. From the Carolina offense to force Daniel Jones, you know, throw the ball at least 40 times. Only 33 attempts, low yards per attempt, and he didn't rush for many yards. 28 rushing yards. If you stream Daniel Jones, it's not like you had a lot of options. Better than streaming Darnold, wasn't it? Better than streaming Darnold. That I can tell you. Slayton's back. 5 for 63, Pettis, John Ross. Oh, my God. What? Where's the receivers? What happened? No Shepard, no Galladay. Darius Slayton's the, the new alpha. Oh, man. Pettis. Pettis delivered. Help you stream Pettis. 
Destreed Pettis, good job. I started him at a bunch of leagues, but only because of the buy apocalypse and we start five receivers, right? I'm not bragging about starting Pettis, though I started him in most of the, these patron dynasty leagues because when you start five to six receivers, you, you just got to play guys that are going to get snaps and run routes, and that was Pettis. And he came off a 10-target game in week five. It was a straightforward play and didn't cost anything in fab bidding. I was picking up Pettis for, you know, one, two, three percent of my budget. Very easy. Wow. Wow. Yes. Not a lot else to talk about here. <laughs> Just, I'm still glowing about Sam Donald sucking so bad. And all the coach worshipers, wrong again. Just soaked in failure as they are every year. And yet they go back to that trick every offseason. Oh, let's talk about the coaches. Let's fixate on the systems and the schemes. And let's excuse away certain players because they were with coaches we don't like anymore. And let's move up other players because they're tied to coaches we like. And we think these coaches make these players better. They don't. It's all a big lie. It's all a big lie. Speaking of coaches that are widely viewed as geniuses by fantasy gamers, the Chiefs are three and four. The Chiefs aren't happening. The Chiefs are going down. Matt Mahomes went out. He must have got hurt. Oh, man. Cody, talk to me about it. Patrick Mahomes was bent in half. They broke him like a twig. Wow. Wow. And Derrick Henry did not deliver for fantasy. Wow. Derrick Henry barely got to 10 fantasy points in PPR leagues. It happens. It happens. And A.J. Brown is back. A.J. Brown is back. The milk's gone bad, right? Or whatever it is. The fast food's gone bad. He's back from the food poisoning. Yes. The fast food was bad. The salmon was bad. Denzel Mims had food poisoning earlier. The salmon was bad. Didn't help him. Didn't help him do anything. Oh, we don't know, actually. We, we'll see. We'll see how Mims did. I'm excited to see if Mims did anything against the Patriots. Probably not. We'll see. We're going to find out together, won't we? This is amazing. This is so much fun. The NFL is so much fun. A.J. Brown, back healthy, no longer drowning in his own vomit, no longer walking around in a cloud of nausea. Turns out he's just awesome. And Julio Jones is dust. And Julio Jones went two for 38, just creaking, 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 creaking his way up the wide receiver, receiving yards, all-time leaderboard whether he can surpass henry ellard will determine whether or not he makes the hall of fame he's just creaking up the boat hey boys julio jones not looking too good there is he looking like an old man in a rocking chair what what kind of voice was that byron pringle look at byron pringle and travis kelsey wow travis kelsey seven this is bad. This is bad. Whenever Patrick Mahomes goes out with an injury and the Chiefs score three points, it's very bad for Kelsey and Hill. They need a, they need a lot of points scored to hit their expectations week in, week out. And Byron Pringle, good for him. So of all the players on Kansas City, only Byron Pringle and Chad Henney exceeded expectations because no one expected Henney to throw a pass. And looks like... Looks like Pringle was in there for garbage time. Good for him. Good for Pringle, man. I like Pringle. Once he pops, 
he'll probably stop. Now, I want to say once he pops, he can't stop, but typically throughout his career, Byron Pringle has popped and then immediately stopped. But the return of Darrington Evans, ooh, a couple carries for Darrington Evans. You love to see that. Miko Pruitt. Miko Pruitt. See, Anthony Ferkser, not explosive. Not explosive. So we've never been on Anthony Ferkser, never advocated streaming him. Don't like Anthony Ferkser. Why? Not explosive enough. I like the tight ends to be athletic. If you don't reach at least average athleticism, you got to be at least an average athlete, right? Can't do that. Not a fan. Miko Pruitt, though. This is why Player Profiler exists. We go to Miko Pruitt. Oh, look at this guy. See, the box score I'm looking at just has M. Pruitt, by the way. But because I'm the pod father, I know all these guys. Like, I know who Miko Pruitt is, right? I know pretty much most players. You can just throw a last name at me, and I know his first name. I know him really well. And Miko Pruitt runs a 4.58, 87th percentile burst, 80th percentile catch radius. He's just short, right? He's short. But powerful, very powerful in the lower body, very explosive, and he's breaking out at age 29, which is what tight ends sometimes do. Right? Go back through the, the, the annals of time, and you can find Zach Miller. Right? There's, there's all kinds of breakout tight ends back through time, and you didn't hear from them until they turned 30. Most famously, in the chat, let's see who can, who can answer this first. He was a Brown, and he had a, 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 a mind-bending single season with the Browns where he was a top-five tight end and was one. If, if you could call a tight end a league winner because you can get him on waivers, you don't have to spend any draft capital in your fantasy draft on this guy, what's his name? In the chat, anyone know this guy? First name starts with G, last name starts with B, Gary Barnage. Thank you. Thank you, Mike DiMatteo. You nailed it. We'll send you a free t-shirt. No, we won't. It's not good. Everyone knew that. Come on. Everyone knows Barnage. Famously, Gary Barnage broke out at age 30. But when you looked at his player profiler page, what did you see? Explosiveness. Oh, this guy's an explosive. How'd it take him so long? It's a difficult position to learn, right? Miko Pruitt's learned all the nuances of the position. That's why he's breaking out. Kyle Pitts, with his athleticism and his ability as a receiver, didn't have to learn those things that Miko Pruitt did. Very excited for Miko Pruitt. Miko Pruitt, truthers unite. He's too fringy for me, even me, to be a truther. But this this feels like a very truther week where you have Byron Pringle going five for seventy three. This is exciting. This is exciting. Oh, let's let's see who's next. Bengals destroyed the Ravens. This is you could in fiction. I couldn't have dreamed up better outcomes. For me to be surprised by on a Monday morning, right? The big reveal. Who could have guessed? You couldn't. Even in fiction. This is stranger than fiction. These games are stranger than fiction. Titans blowing out the Chiefs only scoring three points. Carolina only scoring three points and benching Sam Darnold already. Figured he'd at least make it to week eight. Have a decent game against Atlanta. He didn't even make it that long. I was worried about that. That's why I traded him when I did. Because I was like, eh. Arnold rushing for two touchdowns. Sell that shit. Lamar Jackson ran the ball more than any of the running backs on the team. So 11 rush attempts by Ravens running backs, 12 rush attempts by Lamar Jackson. He delivered once again. That, that's how you do it. That's the Konami code right there, where 88 rushing yards 
is essentially two passing touchdowns in most formats. That's the Konami code perfectly illustrated. 14 targets from Marquise Brown, but Bateman got the same yardage on a fraction of the targets. This is why Rashad Bateman is the best receiver on the Ravens. Just bravo to Rashad Bateman. He's so good. He's so good. He's so much more efficient than Marquise Brown. That's why Marquise Brown is a sell in Dynasty because Bateman is the alpha. And week after week, because Lamar Jackson pulls so many passes out of that offense by running the ball, can't consistently support multiple fantasy-relevant wide receivers. Last week, really, it was just... Marquise Brown, because Bateman only had 11 fantasy points. But moving forward, it's more often going to be Bateman as the primary receiver, the one fantasy-relevant asset in that wide receiver room, not Marquise Brown. And Mark Andrews, not a factor. Jamar Chase, 8 for 200. CJ Uzoma, two touchdowns. Oh, streaming CJ. We were talking about streaming CJ Uzoma, too, on the Waiver Wired show and on the Fab Guidance post on Patreon. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. T. Higgins, 15 targets. Look at this. This is essentially the alpha-beta dichotomy you're seeing in Baltimore, where it was 14 to 6 target ratio, but yet... Bateman still had the same number of yards. It was less pronounced in Cincinnati, 15 to 10, where the beta out-targeted the alpha. But once again, the alpha does what the alpha does, which is hog the yardage. 200 yards for Chase. Oh, my God. This is why he was a top five pick. Pitts and Chase delivering on their top five potential. Now the big question is, what did Jalen Waddle do? We're going to find out together. Joe Burrow looks like he's healthy. So they, this is what they did. They slow play Joe Burrow, and now they're ramping up the pass attempts, 38 pass attempts, three touchdowns, but look at the yardage, over 400 yards. Why? Jamar Chase after the catch. That's why. You love to see it. You love to see it. Joe Burrow, his stock in two QB and single quarterback dynasty leagues going up, 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 up. Oh, man. He might be crashing the top five at the end of the year. He can't because he's just not mobile enough. One rush attempt for zero yards. It's hard to see him cracking the top five, but top 10, moving up, eight, seven, six. Can't see him surpassing Russell Wilson, but the start of that next tier, Joe Burrow carving out a place to start that next tier of quarterbacks and super flex and two QB leagues. I'm impressed. I'm impressed with Cincinnati. I'm impressed with the Titans surging. I'm impressed with the Giants. With no receivers? The Falcons? What a week. What a week of surprises. What else we got here? Patriots. Yes! Fuck yeah! What happened? Oh, Damian Harris. Yes, beasting people. Bell cow, Damian Harris. 14 attempts, 106 yards, two touchdowns. J.J. Taylor. Two touchdowns for J.J. Taylor. Oh, oh! That little guy! Little J.J.! I knew it! I, God, I knew it! I felt it in my bones. This is going to be a big week of truther delivery. We have been delivered the truthers in honor of J.J. Taylor. Let's adjust our seats. Everybody, everybody, wherever you are, whether in your car, wherever you are, in a beanbag chair, doesn't matter. 
Adjust, everyone adjust your seat in honor of J.J. Taylor. Two touchdowns from one of our signature truther running backs. You love to see it. You love to see it from the 5-2 J.J. Taylor. I think he's 5-5. Isn't he 5-5? I don't know. He's one of the shortest players in the league. We know that. I understand it was garbage time. And actually, Brandon Bolden was more impressive. Bolden, seven targets, was just one for one in that James White role. I know that. But listen, this J.J. Taylor thing is exciting. It's weird that he only had one target. But it's not weird because they were just handing the ball off. If you're up 55-13, there's no reason to throw the ball. I, I, just, I want to see J.J. Taylor in the passing game. Make it happen. I understand Brandon Bolden is trustworthy, and he's the veteran, and he is respected in the locker room, but hopefully, hopefully, seeing J.J. Taylor not fumble and ideally earn the trust of the locker room, the players, the coaches, that, that's the hope. That is the hope. Ty Johnson, 6 for 65, but Cody did tell me that there was a concussion. So Ty Johnson concussed. Michael Carter and Ty Johnson are the two leading receivers. This is bad news. This is bad. Remember Elijah Moore's seasonal league ADP? What a joke. What a joke. When we talk about what's a bigger joke, Elijah Moore's ADP or Gabriel Davis, which is which is which is more hilarious. <laughs> like the hipsters with their jets touting. Remember the Jets? These aren't these aren't last year's Jets. These are these are the 2021 Jets. These are different Jets than last year. This is different. This is why the coaches. Oh, the coaches are different. This is Adam Gaze is dead. They have uh, Robert Saleh. He's much better. These are going to be a whole new set of Jets. Yeah, but uh, Zach Wilson hasn't beaten anybody in his career. Hasn't beaten a good team ever, right? And you're like, oh, but he was great in college last year. Yeah, okay. He beat Navy, Troy, Louisiana Tech, Texas San Antonio, Houston, Texas State, Western Kentucky, Boise State, North Alabama, Lost to Coastal Carolina. He did lose to Coastal Carolina, by the way. Then he beat San Diego State in Central Florida. Big deal. Big, big deal. Big deal. Who cares? Who cares about Zach Wilson? Beat somebody. Beat a good defense once in your entire football career, and then we can talk. We can talk. Remember? Remember? Oh, I'm drafting Mac Jones over Zach Wilson. Remember that? Remember that? I was, I was mocked and ridiculed for drafting... Why? Oh, draft capital, right? Oh, the, the NFL, these NFL teams, they know what they're doing. They do it. But that, then I bring on Thorne Eystrom from NBC Sports Edge, and he knows college football as well as anybody I know. And we were just cackling at this idea that Zach Wilson would be the second overall pick. And I was like, listen, I would, I would rather have Mac Jones. Of course, I'd rather have Justin Fields. But if not Fields, Mac Jones. It was so absurd that NFL teams in desperate need of quarterback, especially Carolina, would opt out of drafting Fields and Mac Jones. They also opted out of Teddy Bridgewater. So they chose not to bring back Bridgewater, but in fact bring in a far inferior quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, in Sam Darnold, who had the draft capital, right? It's just, it's all over again. It's every year. Oh, but the Jets, scouts at one point, loved Sam Darnold. And our scouts had him highly rated too, so he must be pretty good. Like, they're so anchored to take draft positions. And, like, we weren't even anchored to the draft position. The draft had just happened, and we looked up and said, this is a bad draft pick. This is such a risky play. Zach Wilson is a quarterback that would go in the second half 
of the first round. This is Jordan Love, 2.0. He's probably better than Jordan Love. Yeah, he's going to be better than Jordan Love, right? And if I had to bet, I would put a lot of chips in the middle of the table that Zach Wilson is going to have a much better career than Jordan Love. Process-wise, it's similar. Utah State, BYU, whack competition. This isn't even whack competition. I don't even know who. what conference is North Alabama in. Texas San Antonio, Troy, Navy. I don't even know what conference he's What What conference are these? I don't even know. This is just, it was just so silly. It was so silly. And then I remember two quarterback in Superflex Leagues being devastated when Mac Jones would go ahead of Zach Wilson in patron leagues, drafting off of our rankings. And I, I have Zach Wilson in one patron league because of that, because Mac Jones was gone. I was like, oh, damn it. I was so deflated. And of course, that, that team has no hope. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Mac Jones was good again. 300 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Because he's good. Because he's good. If you liked Joe Burrow the year prior, just take this year's Joe Burrow and Mac Jones. What was the problem? Why overthink it? Kyle Shanahan overthought it. Clearly, Kyle Shanahan in a win-now team in San Francisco would be much better off with a polished Mac Jones than the developmental project that is Trey Lance. And then you think about all the fantasy gamers, all the hipsters drafting both Trey Lance, who hadn't beaten anybody, and Zach Wilson, who hadn't beaten anybody in their football careers. Drafting him in best ball. Stacking him with Trey Lance and Brandon Ayuk. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? Right, Stacking Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson. You know the analysts that were doing this. You know who they are. Feel free to mute them forever because that is such bad process. It's irredeemable. You can't talk your way out of it. It was so silly. It's like, oh, draft capital. Oh, well, the NFL, they liked him. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- there's a lot, of, a lot of really bad moves done by NFL teams, especially the Jets, even the Dolphins. We talked about this. Dolphins were the, the totally indefensible trade-up for Jalen Waddle. And what happened? They lost again. They lost again. The Dolphins are 1-6. and six. They're looking at a top-five pick, franchise player in the draft. And they don't have their pick because they, they were so soaked in their own arrogance that they were like, oh, we'll give a first round pick next year. We have picks to burn now. We're, we're good now. We're, we're surging, right? Eh, eh. We can afford a luxury pick. Jalen Waddle, he's fun. He's fun. Never mind that you can get players with. Jalen Waddle skill set, field stretchers on day three. Darnell Mooney, Quez Watkins the year prior, both day three picks. If that's the player you're looking for, speed, stretch the field, create room for everyone else underneath, you don't use a top 10 pick on that guy. We've only talked about this on a loop for months and months and months and months. But it's just it just shows again that even what we view as top front offices can make catastrophic blunders. They should have just drafted... Rashawn Slater. I don't know what they were thinking. You always need pass protectors on the offensive line. Always and forever. You can never have enough. And then they would have their first round pick next year. It's draft Rashawn Slater. What? 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 Why? Makes no sense. Oh, the Patriots. Just a gift. Pick 15. Mac Jones just fluttering down like a, like a feather into their lap. Like, oh, look at this. This is such a pretty feather. We're going to go ahead and post him up under center. 
starting in week one. Now he's blowing out a division rival 53-13. This is amazing. This is amazing. Oh, but he checks it down too much. Okay. He's a rookie. He doesn't want to turn the ball over. He wants to throw for 300 yards and not have any turnovers. He wants to be in the game, unlike Zach Wilson, who was knocked out of the game. Poor Zach Wilson. I feel bad for him. I feel bad. Michael Carter, though, soaking up all that garbage time, check down, action. So Michael Carter was the one jet that you could have drafted with a straight face, getting all the check down work. Good for him. Football team beat by the Packers 24-10. This is a chalk outcome. Finally, a chalk outcome, an expected outcome, as expected. As expected, Taylor Hineke making a little comeback. Rushing for 95 yards. Hell, look at that little Hineke. Terry McLaurin's back. Hamstring seems healthy. 7 for 122 and 1. Ricky Seals-Jones giving you 11 fantasy points. Top streamer, Ricky Seals-Jones again. Hey, Robert Tunyon, you're back. 4 for 63 and a touchdown. There's Devontae Adams. See, Devontae Adams is more consistent and just a better receiver to have in fantasy football in all formats than Tyreek Hill because even in those games where he doesn't get the targets, only seven targets, super efficient, six for seven, 76 yards and the touchdown. So he delivers for you, gives you the 20 fantasy points on only seven targets. That's why. That's a low volatility, high upside wide receiver. You can't be surprised if in 15 years we look up, Devontae Adams is a Hall of Famer, and Julio Jones still like, hey guys, remember me? Hey guys, don't forget about me. Because the problem that Julio Jones is going to face is other receivers are going to start passing him. Antonio Brown might pass him in the next couple of years even. And all he has is receiving yards. That's all Julio Jones has on his Hall of Fame resume is just receiving yards. No championships, low touchdown total, just receiving yards and some highlight plays and some famous big game losses like in, oh, I don't know, the Super Bowl. Julio Jones needs to be careful. He needs to be careful. Just start stretching those hamstrings and not allow other wide receivers to displace him on the career receiving yards leaderboard. And then he looks up one day and he's like, I'm Torrey Holt. I'm Henry Yellard. I'm a Rams receiver. I never played on the Rams. Why are they treating me like a Rams receiver? And it's like, well, you have their resume. Maybe if you'd stretch those hamstrings a little bit. Devontae Adams clearly stretches, and so does Alan Lazard. Oh my God, Alan Lazard, our favorite wide receiver streamer the last couple weeks. Alan Lazard, truthers unite. Wait, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. J.J. Taylor, two touchdowns. Alan Lazard, five for 60 and a touchdown. I've only been talking about Alan Lazard for the last three weeks. Josh Larkey talking about Alan Lazard. Getting the snaps, running the routes, and he has the ability with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. And, and then it made sense, right? It made sense. That's why I have him in the Scott Fish Bowl. It made sense that you would play Alan Lazard against Washington. It's just a bad secondary and a good but not great front seven. So makes sense that Jones and Dylan don't put up the big rushing yards against Washington, but Alan Lazard does break out. Lazard is best comparable to Marquez Colston on playerprofiler.com. He has well above average speed score, and burst score, and a 75th percentile catch radius, and a 33% dominator at Iowa State. Remember, he was sharing a field at Iowa State with Akeem Butler. And the reason why, my number one reason for fading Akeem Butler, very recently, in fact, was that 
he couldn't surpass Alan Lazard at any point. Alan Lazard was the better receiver at Iowa State until Alan Lazard went to Green Bay. Only then, in his final year, did Bustler do a goddamn thing. And so now it's like, oh, he's better than Bustler. That's not impressive. No, he's actually just the second best receiver on this team, which again, low bar, right? He's better than Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He's better than Equanimia St. Brown, better than Randall Cobb. Okay, but he's only 25 years old. Like He's a guy that you could actually pick up in Dynasty and Devontae Adams on a one-year deal, Aaron Rodgers likely gone next year. Alan Lazard could be the alpha in Green Bay next year. Who else is it going to be? Amari Rodgers is a slot receiver. It could be Lazard and Rodgers in that passing game next year. It's terrible. You don't want that with Jordan Love at quarterback. Gross. But he's going to get the target. So if you're talking about the Tom Savage corollary in 2022, Alan Lazard would be the big beneficiary. An outcome that was expected. Football team losing to the Packers by two touchdowns. Rams beating the Lions as expected as well. Wow, this is a long show. We've already been at it a, an hour? I love these surprise, big reveal, box score shows. Is there anything to talk about? Cooper Cup was awesome. And Khalif Raymond over 100 yards. Good for Khalif Raymond. DeAndre Swift is amazing. Oh my God. DeAndre Swift, the target leader, again, we told you this. We Look up at the end of the year, target leaders in Detroit, can be TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. Draft him with confidence in the fourth round. You're welcome. Just in the passing game, just in the passing game, 23 fantasy points. Then he added another 48 rushing yards. Love it. Love it. Love every minute of it. Van Jefferson had a week. We told you Van Jefferson's going to have weeks, man. Seven targets, 43 yards and a touchdown. Van Jefferson giving you those 14 fantasy points. Either you streamed Jefferson or you streamed Lazard this week. Those were the, the suggestions. Ding, ding. Not a, That's it. Nothing else to talk about. DeAndre Swift is amazing. In Dynasty, you either want DeAndre Swift or Jonathan Taylor. I mean, who else? Who else would you really want at running back? Is it even close to the next guy? Najee Harris, right? It's Taylor and Swift and then Harris. And then there's a gap to either Antonio Gibson or Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. Gibson played. So he's playing on that on that stress fracture. 14 carries, only four for McKissick, and two targets for Gibson. So you love that he's playing. He's not playing well, but he's playing. So we're going to go ahead and keep Antonio Gibson rated ahead of Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook in Dynasty because he's not going to IR. He's going to show his team that he can absorb the pain. He can play with pain because it's a pain tolerance issue. These shin splints. Stress fractures, our pain tolerance, pain management. That makes me like Antonio Gibson even more, that he's playing. Wow, the Raiders. Wow. John Gruden's terrible. John Gruden was holding them back. Carr, another 300-yard game. Wow. Kenyon Drake. Now, see, I know about the injury. I know that Jacobs left at halftime, but Drake is, is a better all-purpose back. We've always known Josh Jacobs was the stone-worst first-round running back of the last decade. Had the worst profile. Just not impressive in any way, except he had the size. That was it. Just a bruising nothing. A bruising nothing back. Drake actually has an all-purpose skill set. He's just not that great at football. But in the context of this Raiders offense, 
you want Kenyon Drake. I have him in the Scott Fishbowl. I'm going to be playing Kenyon Drake. So, to recap, Scott Fishbowl, I crushed again. Take a look. I must have, just seeing the performances. Yeah, 172 points, destroyed again. I'll be tempted to play Alan Lazard now more. Have Lazard. Have Khalil Herbert. Wait, oh, I didn't look at that game yet. Oh, shit. How did Khalil Why am I looking at this? This is giving away stuff. How the hell did Herbert... I don't want to look. I don't want to know. We're going to go to Herbert in a little bit. Bears box is coming up. Something amazing happened with Herbert that I did not expect. I Now I know that. Fuck. All right, why did I look at the box score? I'm a, my, my Scott Fishbowl team is destroying every other team in the division in total points. Going to make the playoffs very easily. And I'm going to be playing Kenyon Drake moving forward. Because I have Miles Sanders. Looks like he got hurt. Poor guy. Ankle injury for Miles Sanders. But looking at the play-by-play -play sheet, Gainwell scored a touchdown, receiving touchdown, in the first quarter before the injury. So they were feeding Gainwell in the passing game throughout even before the Miles Sanders injury, which is very encouraging. Miles Sanders, one target. Gainwell, eight targets. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. It's on for Gainwell. I don't feel as bad about Miles Sanders. I love Miles Sanders, and I think that he's being misused and he's been unlucky, but I also love Gainwell. And I was not as worried about the day three draft capital as some others, especially once he sees that number two role and he opened the season as the number two back. Hugely encouraging. But he's rostered. Everybody knows Gainwell. But he didn't have any touches last week. It's possible that in many leagues, Gainwell was dropped. So go ahead and look in your league. Go in your player pool. See if Gainwell is available. He might be available. Because he had no usage last week, he could have been dropped in shallower leagues. You definitely want him. I'm excited. I'm excited for the Kenny Gainwell experience because... He just commands more targets. He's a better receiver than Miles Sanders, period. We know that for a fact. Gainwell is a better receiver than Miles Sanders, and receiving skills are what drive fantasy production in PPR leagues, and that's it. Very similar box score to what we saw from Baltimore, where Hertz was by far and away the carry leader on this team. Hertz, once again, 60 yards on the ground, over 200 passing yards and two touchdowns, so he delivered once again with the Konami code. Foster Moreau, six for six. Oh, poor Darren Waller. Didn't play. Foster Moreau ended up being the stream edition. Wow. Hope you stream Foster Moreau. I didn't know I wasn't online for the inactives on Sunday morning. Cody hosted the starter stream show. Apparently did a great job. So I'm sure he recommended Moreau. Brian Edwards. Touchdown! Off we go. Off we go. Look at this. Lazard delivers Edwards delivers oh baby oh baby what a week what a week this has to be my favorite week of the season I didn't even watch any football I didn't watch a single play and this is by far and away my favorite week of the season this is amazing what's next here we go Bears crushed by the Buccaneers so how the hell does that Herbert 100 yards this doesn't I don't even get this doesn't make any sense how did he how do you do this He's that good. Wow. Aggressively targeting Herbert in all formats. Apparently was a great idea. This is just one big fringe truther victory lap. Like at one point, Cole Herbert was a fringe pickup. And I was like, get him. 100 yards against the Bucks front seven. How did he do that? I got I to gotta dig in after the show and find out how he did this. I got to watch some Cole Herbert 
I want to watch them. Wow, Allen Robinson. Oh, my God. He's not right. He's not right. We talked about it last week. He's droppable and continues to be droppable, right? So just continue to drop Allen Robinson. <laughs> There's no, this, this is, again, no reason not to drop him. Keyshawn Vaughn sighting. Oh, Keyshawn Vaughn, truthers unite. Fournette, another 80 yards and a touchdown because that's what Fournette does. Four targets, 80 yards, a touchdown. And there's always two receivers on this team that break out. It's always one of Godwin or Evans. I know Brown was out. So, of course, both Godwin and Evans delivered. Evans with touchdowns, Godwin with receptions and yards. Just Brady fueling multiple wide receivers, smashing every week. Oh, Brady. How does he do it? Four touchdowns and only 211 yards. This Gabbert get in the game. Oh my God. The Bears. Oh, they're either the Bears are this bad or the Bucks are this good. I think it's a little bit of both. Bears are overrated. Bucks were underrated coming into this game. It's now we're on a collision course. We're on a collision course. Bucks, Cardinals, NFC Championship game. Oh my God. That's gonna be a good game. Oh, oh baby. Cardinals 31-5, just a destruction, just destroying as predicted. So we had a bunch of surprise outcomes, now a bunch of predictable outcomes. Murray didn't have to run. Edmonds gave you the yards, no touchdown. Connor gives you the touchdown. Edmonds did it in garbage time. Problem with Edmonds is if Murray is only going to throw the ball 28 times, Edmonds can't soak up so many targets. Same targets as Rondell Moore. Hopkins... Got there with the touchdown, as he always does. Ertz is diluting this passing game even more. This is a problem. The reason why I was so bullish on Chase Edmonds earlier in the season was because they did not have a tight end of consequence. This came up multiple times. They don't have a tight end of consequence. So all those short intermediate passes are going to go to Rondale Moore and Chase Edmonds. Now with, with Zach Ertz, Edmonds is a sell high, if possible. I wouldn't even mind seeing what you can get for him, putting him on the block. 80 yards, he's a cardinal. If anyone's going to give you something meaningful back for Chase Edmonds, I would consider it, but you're not going to get anything. Eno Benjamin? Oh, my God. Eno Benjamin? Yeah, it's a tricky thing. With Chase Edmonds, I want to say put him on the block, but really only in patron leagues, only where it's a bunch of underworld enthusiasts. Would you even get enough appreciation of Chase Edmonds to make it even worth it putting him on the block? You just got to hold. You got to hold and hope that there's more shootouts, more close games in the weeks ahead. That's the only thing you can do. But even so, the target share is going to go down. Chase Edmonds' target share is going to decline because of Zach Ertz. There's just, there's not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. There's a lot of good receivers in this passing game. As many good receivers as there are in any passing game in the NFL. So in fantasy football, that means there's just too many. In Arizona, there's just too many miles to feed. Too many miles to There's just too many miles to feed. Can't do it. Can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. Can't say it. Nico Collins was the receiving leader with 28 yards. This team is hilarious. This team is hilarious. And Deshaun Watson's still on the roster for now. Carolina needs a quarterback desperately. And Deshaun Watson can play next week. Miami, Carolina will start sending in their final offers 
in the week leading up to the trade deadline. It's coming up early November. Deshaun Watson will likely be on the move in the next couple weeks. Look out for that. Especially now with Carolina in the mix, in the market for a quarterback. Colts beat up on the 49ers. Oh, oh, the coach worshiping. Oh, the coach worshippers going down. Oh, this is such a week. Underworld truthers uniting across all these box scores. The coach worshippers taking the biggest L's of the year with Darnold and Shanahan. <laughs> Taylor. Of course, positive game script. He's going to go over 100 yards. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. Imagine Jonathan Taylor in the in the running game, but also Swift in the passing game. Imagine if they're on the same team. That would be the greatest thunder and lightning in the history of the NFL. Taylor on the ground, Swift in the air. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Elijah Mitchell, bell cow. Jermichael Hasty, more touches than Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon stinks. <laughs> Trey Sermon. Imagine. Imagine. Imagine ranking Trey Sermon as your number one running back in this class. Imagine having Trey Sermon ranked ahead of Najee Harris. Can you imagine? Who would do that? I don't know. Matt Waldman? He's shameless. Matt Waldman is shameless. He's going to keep doing those videos. He's going to keep doing those videos. Oh, Sermon over Harris. You think that would be enough to embarrass him to the point of stopping the videos, stopping the takes? No, he won't. Can't stop, won't stop. Debo Samuel, can't stop, won't stop. Debo Samuel is so good. Brandon Ayuk, one target? Woof. Woof! Woof! Cody's been trying to trade me, Brandon Ayuk, all year. And I keep reject, 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 reject. And the price just keeps going down, 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 down. I might try to buy low on, on Brandon Ayuk, but I, I don't think so. I don't think Brandon Ayuk wants it. I don't, I don't think his head's in it. I don't think that uh, it's going to happen. It could Right, it could, but I think now if you were betting, will Brandon Ayuk have a thousand yard season in his career? You would bet no. If you had a chip, you could put it on either red or green. I would put it on red. No. Unlikely. Could happen. Probably won't happen. I mean, he had such a good year last year that we we can't. Forget it. It was so good, right? It was so good, so efficient. 750 yards in a partial season as a rookie, but he was an old rookie. And you just got to be careful. You got to be careful with these college seniors that come out. And my favorite part of, of this box score is you have the true alpha, the alpha dog, who went to the senior bowl and dominated in Debo Samuel. And you have the beta who went to the senior bowl with his hoodie on and just watched from the sideline because he didn't want to get hurt. Didn't want to play. Felt like he'd proved enough. His agent told him he was a lock to go in the first round, so he doesn't need to play. Meanwhile, Debo just loves football and played and dominated the senior bowl. And now he's dominated the NFL because part of it's the mentality. Debo has the mentality. And this is a low-volume offense. This is an offense that's not good and regardless of how well the quarterback plays, they're not going to throw a lot. 27 attempts. They're they're losing by 12, right? And still, you don't see the pass attempts. You'd think if you end up losing by 12, it's 30 to 18. 
that Garoppolo would have at least attempted you know, 35 passes. And he's not mobile. He's not running. So he, he, was, he was dropping back less than 30 times. That's not good enough. Kyle, it's just not good enough. Kyle needs to start calling more pass plays, but he doesn't have the requisite talent at quarterback. If they just had Mac Jones, they could run their offense the way they want to run it. Kyle is so devastated with regret. You know he is. You know, he goes to bed every night thinking about Mac Jones, how he was this, he was so close. We heard about this all offseason. Oh, they're back and forth. Kyle can't decide. And he shot for the upside, which I agreed with. I totally agreed with it. I said, go ahead. Go ahead. You want to go you know, next all-everything quarterback, right? Next face-melting, all-purpose, super-versatile, impossible-to-contain, impossible-to-stop quarterback, ultimate difference-maker? Sure. Sure. That's not Mac Jones. I get that. That's His ceiling is lower. No doubt. But the difference with the 49ers is they were supposed to be in win-now mode. So if you're in win-now mode, you go Mac Jones. The move was for the Jets to go Trey Lance because you're rebuilding. You might as well let Trey Lance develop or Justin Fields, let him develop. And then the, the win now teams, 49ers, Carolina, Denver, they would have been targeting the Mac Jones. Like Mac Jones never should have made it past Carolina and Denver because he had three win now teams. Boom, boom, boom. San Francisco, Carolina, Denver. How he made it past them, I have no idea. I mean, the clear best quarterback from this class is Mac Jones. Maybe in a couple of years, it's going to be Trey Lance or Trevor Lawrence. Maybe. Justin Fields, maybe. I don't know. But as of right now, it's Mac Jones. It's not even close. It's not even close. Michael Pittman, there he is. Look at him. Efficient. Four for four. 100 yards and a touch. He's back. It helps. T.Y. Hilton, not playing. Paris Campbell, out. So, a lot of the conservation of targets. Pittman was a smash this week. We knew that. Mo Cox, nice little streamer. Nice little streamer. And Zach Pascal, fuck out of here. Get out of here. Shoot Zach Pascal into outer space. No Hilton, no Campbell. And he puts up 14 yards against that secondary where, where they, they're desperate for Josh Norman to be healthy. Get out of here. Just get, get out of here. I don't want to see you again. Zach Pascal, goodbye. This opens it up for four targets from Ashton Doolin? Oh, my, you can't. This is a, I'm being punked. This is a fake box score. There's no way. There's no way all truthers hit. J.J. Taylor and Ashton Doolin in the same week. One gets four targets. The other gets two touchdowns. This is not possible. Oh, my God. Ashton Doolin's going to happen. you got to stash this guy in Dynasty. He has an impressive profile. Go to his profile on playerprofiler.com. 6'1", 215, 94th percentile burst score, 94th percentile speed score. Above average agility, super dominant at a small school, but he went to Malone College. He was undrafted, but he's just 24 years old. Long arms, big hands, incredible. Just an incredible undrafted signing by the Colts, and they're suddenly surging. And Ashton Doolin, he's going to be out there in three receiver sets. He was, and he's better than Zach Pascal. You got to be ready. You got to be ready. I need you get your bodies ready. Go to playerprofiler.com. Look up Ashton Doolin. Get your body ready for an Ashton Doolin little mini breakout. At some point, at some point, Ashton Doolin is going to have a week. He's going to have a 15 fantasy point week. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. This is amazing. That you can't make this shit up. You could. You can't make this shit up. I talk about 
how Zach Wilson is living out the Truman Show, which has now become a nightmare, like the Truman Show 2, but if it's a horror movie, right? He was the Truman Show of football while Zach Wilson was at BYU. Now it's the Truman Show 2, but a horror version. Truman Show 2, directed by John Carpenter. That's right. That's right. I'm living the Truman Show right now. I question these box scores. I don't think this is what happened on Sunday. I think this is fake. I think I'm being punked. I think Cody somehow did this. Cody sent me a link, and then they faked it. They faked all the, they faked all the stats. There's just no fucking way. There's no way Ashton Doolin was running all these routes and got four targets. I don't believe it, Cody. I don't believe it. It's too good. Analytics, baby. Analytics. Analytics told you everything we talked about today. Analytics. If you questioned it at all, the power of analytics over the scouting industrial complex. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you NFL Week 7. The power of analytics over the scouting industrial complex. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you NFL Week 7. I, I couldn't ask for better outcome. This is incredible. Oh my God, we've got three guys in one shower. What's better than that? Truthers unite! <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I, I couldn't ask for better outcome. This is incredible. Oh my God, we've got three guys in one shower. What's better than that? Who's on the outside looking in? Who's not in the shower? DJ Moore. DJ Moore is not showering. Truthers unite! <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Sam Darnold's obviously that I was so right about so many things everybody everybody wherever you are whether in your car wherever you are in a beanbag chair doesn't matter adjust everyone adjust your seat in honor of JJ Taylor two touchdowns from one of our signature truther running backs in Arizona there's just too many miles to feed too many miles to there's just too many mouths to Can't do it. Can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. Can't say it. Oh, the coach worshipers going down. Oh, this is such a week. Underworld truthers uniting across all these box scores. The coach worshipers taking the biggest L's of the year with Darnold and... Shanahan! 
DJ Moore is not showering. That I was so right about so many things. 